It takes grit to start a business. It takes a plan, some financial savvy, and a good product. Mmm, a delicious product. Yep, luckily Chocolate Girl's Cookies fits that bill. Made from scratch, chocolate chip, oatmeal, oatmeal caramel, or oatmeal raisin, they whip them up fresh. It's a family business, too. We love that. Two sisters are the CEOs of the company. They say they get along pretty well. Nadia, the big sister, is definitely the visionary and creative one. Her younger sister, Maya, is great at marketing and branding. The business is just about two years old, recently selling out their stock every week when people come to Sular to descend upon their cookie stash. They won't say exactly how much money they've made yet, but they're doing okay. Alright, so if that's the pitch, this is a decent story for an episode of the podcast. A homegrown small business. But I haven't even told you the best part. Yeah, I'm in fourth grade. I'm in second grade. They're actually really small. St. Louis Chocolate Girls Cookies and the pint-sized ladies who run it. We get along and uh, we work together because we're sisters. The big opportunities these little girls are getting, the lessons they're learning along the way, and how their parents knew this wasn't just your average playroom startup. I take some, oh my god, this is it. Plus, we do a deep dive into what the latest COVID health and safety guidance means for restaurants. And of course, your food news and weekend planner. I zoomed in with the girls and their dad, Mike, as they were finishing dinner, about to start doing homework. Oh, and also... Sorry about that. Um, They're fine. We, uh, we found uh, a dog, a little stray animal, earlier, just like 10 minutes before you uh, logged on. And uh, he's chipped and he has a collar on and he's trying to find his owner right now. So Nadia and Maya might be young, but they're really learning what it means to run a business in the chaos of home. So if you hear the dog in the background, they're just trying to get him back to his owner. <coughs> Chocolate Girls Cookies began when the girls wanted to start a business, but, you know, lemonade stand just didn't cut it. We didn't really want to be out in the sun with sticky hands and like bees attracting to us. And just out in the sun. And it's dry. And and because we want it to be different. So they decided cookies because they say their mom, Shelly, makes the best cookies. And as sisters, they make pretty good business partners. We get along and uh, we work together because we're sisters. <laughs> we like to build things. That's the most of the time thing. I, I remember as a kid, we said, okay, well, I'm going to start a business. And it was something we did for one afternoon and we got tired of it. Um, and that was that. But it, this is clearly something a little different. How did you realize that your this was something that wasn't just going to be one afternoon for fun and something that could really be something? Um, I realized that when uh, they kept talking about it, they just kept talking about it. It started off with, uh, with, uh, me showing them, uh, Shark Tank and other kids having businesses. And then also we have like a cartoon on YouTube about investments and stuff like that. They got the ball rolling a little bit and, uh, they just kept talking about it. And, um, and then finally, when we all made our cookies or whatever together and they, uh, their fam- her and I'm sorry, Nadia and Maya actually came up with uh, changing the ingredients with their mom. And I taste them. Oh my God, this is it. Like this is this is it right here. And I'm like, girls, I think we're onto something. Nadia, the older sister, came up with the name. She loves to draw, so she made the logo. 
You can now find that logo on one of the hottest items on a Saturday morning where they've expanded to sell out their cookies at the Soulard Farmer's Market every weekend. And you can also get their cookies with your order at Gus's Pretzels. If you're lucky, they sell out too. Even as the business grows, the girls love the simple things about running it. Baking the ba- the batches. Yeah. And like um, making the dough. Well, my favorite thing is having a business. I get to help my dad and my mom and my sister. I like to do everything in there, especially money and things. A big part of that is the other kind of dough. Not just counting coins and bills and practicing math with every transaction, but making real money. We are saving it for college. I love that. That's fantastic. Uh, Dad, any kind of ballpark estimate on how much money we might be able to have saved so far on the business? Uh, actually, I, I normally don't uh, talk about that. <laughs> yeah. Are but, we talking uh, hundreds, thousands, anything like that? I mean, thousands, of course. Also, what we do with the money as well, like I said, like she said, save for college. But also, uh, we started doing their own investments. They have their own brokerage account. Mike, it sounds like this is something that's really important to you and your daughters to make sure that they have a solid understanding of the business world, the finance world, and just kind of know what's up with money. That's something that a lot of people don't get at their age. That is the fact. Um, the whole thing is what drive uh, me uh, and to talk to them about business and money is that, you know, the way that I came up, I didn't have these opportunities like they have, like they're having right now. So that's the reason why it's so important to sit back and teach them the right way of doing things. Both girls want to do a little bit of everything when they go to college and grow up. I want to be an artist. I still want to do the cookie business. Probably I want to do a pet business. I want to be part of this cookie business. I want to be police. I want to be a ballet teacher. I want to be everything. And they're getting an early start on learning some of life's most important ingredients. Why do you think people like your cookies so much? Well, because we make them out of love. And because they taste delicious. Now I'm really craving a chocolate chip cookie. Um, I don't know about you, Dory, but uh, chocolate chip cookies always sound good to me. Always. I was going to say, I don't need an excuse to want a chocolate chip cookie. <laughs> well, Dory, of course, joining me once again from your home audio booth, I guess we can call it. But, mm-hmm. you know, that could be changing soon. I mean, we are the reentry process, as you have heard from a couple episodes ago, we start doing some in-person interviews again. Um, Dory, you and I might wind up being in the podcast booth again sometime soon. And a lot of big changes just came down um, throughout the country, really. A lot of confusion, a lot of big changes, though, and some changes here in the St. Louis area that do have an impact on the St. Louis restaurant scene. So we wanted to kind of talk to you guys about that, too, and go through some some of the things that we are learning about all of this, because the big news happened the day we dropped the podcast. So you might still uh, have some questions we hope to answer for you. Yeah. So last Thursday, the CDC updated its guidance to say that in most situations, people who are fully vaccinated don't need to wear a mask or social distance anymore. The next mornings, the city and county dropped their mandates as well, replacing them with the push to follow CDC. So I just want to say this, and I cannot stress this enough that Dropping the mask mandate is only for people who are fully vaccinated. 
If you have not been vaccinated, you should continue wearing a mask. For those of you who have not gotten vaccinated, we encourage you to do so. We don't want this to turn into sort of like a show me your papers moment. Um, we'll just have to trust what people tell us. The question is, how do you tell who has been fully vaccinated? And on top of that, our vaccination rates in locally here, not stellar. Uh, and if by stellar, you mean, you know, a lot of people getting the shot. We're not quite there yet. So I checked this morning. It is Wednesday morning right now. Um, we're not even at 40% yet. Uh, 40% of people in the state of Missouri have initiated or eligible folks in the state of Missouri have initiated their first dose, but only 33% of Missourians are fully vaccinated at this point in St. Louis County. It's only 35% and it's about 27% in the city of St. Louis. And as a reminder, health experts have long said we would need about 70% of people fully vaccinated to achieve what's called herd immunity. We can't rely on people having had COVID-19 to give them the immunity that they would get or that we're learning they get from the vaccines because that, that hasn't been studied, that hasn't been foolproof. And I personally know of somebody who got really, really, really sick a second time after having COVID. So it's unclear how long you were really protected. So that's why vaccination rates are so important. Yes. And if you think about when you go out to a park or a crowded event, how many people aren't wearing masks and how does that compare to the vaccination rate? I'm sure there's really a big discrepancy there. So just something to kind of keep in mind as you, you know, go out and about yourself and maybe you continue wearing a mask. We'll see. Um, but obviously these changes are putting in the confusion that comes with them is putting a lot of a pressure on restaurants now. So I know you've been looking into this. What have you seen as far as them handling this situation? Yeah. You referencing the maskless situations. I mean, at a restaurant, you can't eat with a mask on. So that is, uh, that's why so much of this uh, conversation has been focused on restaurants and the ongoing, um, you know, even for the past few months, talk about safety standards and regulations. So it's kind of across the board at this point, we are seeing some of our kind of major St. Louis restaurants, such as the niche food group, a lot of local bakeries, whisk, pint size. They say that they're still asking people to wear their mask, um, whether it's because they feel like it's too soon due to the percentages we were just talking about there, or in some cases, they, their staff isn't fully vaccinated yet. So they're asking people to come in to keep their staff safe so that they can get fully vaccinated because they are not fully protected yet. I mean, this order came down barely in time for anybody, quote unquote, anybody who wants one um, for us to get to that phase of the vaccine rollout. You have to have gotten your shot by the day that everybody or by the day or the day that everybody became eligible in the state of Missouri for you to be fully vaccinated when they lifted this mandate. Um, mm -hmm. So the math is just not really there yet for a lot of folks. And they say our staff isn't there yet or kids, um, you right. know, anybody under the age of 12 cannot get the vaccine. Um, and so if you have a bakery or a breakfast place or somewhere that you want people to be able to bring kids and kids might walk around more freely, it's another big reason I heard about, um, you know, some places though are kind of, um, saying, you know what, we're not comfortable with it yet. Just in general, even if people are fully mm -hmm. vaccinated, I just did a story this week on re-entry anxiety and I don't, I'm fully vaccinated and I still am not quite there where I feel like taking the mask off. We've 
learn so much to wear masks and mm-hmm. hard to just rip it off. You know, I don't have them. I don't have my lipstick stock, uh, re- restocked <laughs> I don't have my face, half, bottom half of my face made up yet, but just in general, um, you know, folks like at well-spent brewing company in midtown, they were saying they don't think their guests are there. So they're going to keep the mask mandate going for a little while longer until they feel more comfortable. We're just moving slow and um, kind of methodically. And then we'll, you know, again, we're checking in with our customers to make sure that uh, we're doing what's right for them. And Dory, when I was talking to him, he brought up the idea of this like vaccine bouncer, right? So instead of just checking somebody's ID, checking um, your vaccination card, checking your vaccine status, he basically said it's a lot easier to just say everybody should wear a mask than it is to go in and check, have an employee standing employee, by the way, hard to come by in the restaurant industry right now, right. Uh, let alone have an extra person standing there checking people's vaccine status. Um, but for that same reason, why they are go- opting to say everybody wear mask. Other places are saying, okay, we're not going to police anybody for wearing masks. We're going to go with this so-called honor system. Like Salt and smoke. Uh, our colleague Sarah Maki spoke with the owner Tom, who said he didn't want his staff to have to deal with checking on individual statuses. So instead, they are just going to hope that people, um, you know, are responsible and continue to wear a mask if they are not fully vaccinated yet. At this point, I mean, we're pretty battle tested for for changing on the fly. Our hosts and managers have been on the front line of enforcing mask mandates to often very kind of upset, vocal. Uh, aggressive people. So we've seen businesses, restaurants, bars, you know, over the past year having to really roll with the changes, right? They've had to, you know, we've heard one business say they've had to be the mask police. And now, you know, with the vaccine card issue at play here, it might bring some relief to some of these restaurants to just be like, okay, we're dropping the mandate. We don't have to enforce it anymore. So we're not going to, but regardless, they're in a tough spot either way because there are people out there who maybe aren't comfortable yet with taking off the mask, like you were saying. Uh, And then for the places that are still enforcing the mask mandate, I can only imagine the reaction that they've been getting. Uh, I think you've probably heard from some so far. What have you heard from those businesses? Of course, there are certain types of businesses where they really um, tend to know their clientele. They know their customers. Um, It's more of a vibe, if you will. Um, And Mm -hmm. so sometimes the smaller local shops, uh, I have heard from people saying, you know what, people are, 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 our customers know us. They've been along for the ride and they continue to be supportive. However, that is far from the case everywhere. To put it Bluntly, Dory, people are being jerks in a lot of situations. Um, we, I spoke with Tim Wiggins, who, of course, is behind Lazy Tiger Retreat and um, Yellow Belly. He was saying that basically people are walking out because of this. Uh, people are just getting really salty. They think that this is a free for all and they can just go do whatever they want and aren't obeying their continued mask policy. Libby Kreider from Second Shift Brewing Company is basically saying people are really being rude about things as well. I also spoke kind of off the record, so I don't want to say who this was with, but they actually lost a couple employees over um, Mm. this whole situation, over being asked to kind of mask police, if you will. And so that that's tough. It's a tough place to be in. Um, at at least a few places though, we are seeing some places, I guess you could say mask police. Um, they say they're checking your proof of vaccination. Juniper in the central West end, our friends there with their Southern food kitchen. Um, they announced on Friday afternoon that they were going to let you walk around the place without your mask on, but you're going to have to show your proof of vaccination first. I posted on Twitter and it got a lot of, a lot, a lot of really positive response 
Um, so of course there are a couple of people who hated it, but overall people were responding pretty well to the idea that if you could say, yes, I've been vaccinated, then yes, you would get to reap the rewards of that. And I think that kind of puts everybody in a little bit more of a comfortable place, right? If I know I'm in a place where everybody has proven that they're fully vaccinated, I will feel a hundred times better, uh, and more comfortable and maybe spend more money and, you know, really go and support that business. Um, but that really has been, kind of the crux of this whole thing, the conversations that I heard over and over over the weekend. Can you legally do that? Can a business ask for proof of vaccination? Mm -hmm. So I was wondering that as well. And so I reached out to a St. Louis University law professor who said, yes, pretty much at this point, yes, you can ask. He compared it to like asking for somebody's ID um, before you serve them a drink. You can legally say, now there are some bars you'll go to that they have a sign posted says you have to be 21 to drink, but then they kind of quote unquote honor system that and maybe don't ID you. But, um, you know, legally, yes, you can ask somebody, um, according to this professor, they don't have to respond. So, you know, if I, if you walk into a play story and they say, Hey, what's your vaccination status? And you say, that's personal. I don't feel like sharing it. They're like, okay, you can wear a mask. And legally they can treat people at, according to their response to that. So even if you're not vaccinated or not getting vaccinated because of a religious reason or other health concerns or anything like that. Um, and the fact that this is an EUA as opposed to like quote unquote full FDA approval, none of that stuff matters. According to this professor, um, he says that has nothing to do with it. And HIPAA doesn't have to do with it either. Hi, I'm professor Rob Gatter. Uh, and I teach at St. Louis university school of law. I teach public health law. I teach health law. Uh, among a variety of subjects. For the most part, it's legal to ask somebody about their vaccination status. You might say, well, that's private medical information. And so aren't there laws that, that, that make that somehow unspeakable? And the answer is no, there aren't laws that make it, that say we can't ask that question. Most confidentiality laws are aimed at specific people, mainly doctors and hospitals and other healthcare providers. They have an obligation, having learned information about the people they take care of, to keep that information uh, confidential, and they can only use it for certain kinds of purposes. But that doesn't apply uh, outside of, uh, of those who don't have a reason to be taking care of you as a patient. So when we're talking about whether you can be asked that question by a restaurant in order to be able to sit inside without your mask, or be asked that question to go to school, or to be asked that question uh, to go into a store. Um, that's fair. And one other thing to note, um, is that the CDC doesn't make laws. This is kind of confusing for a lot of folks, but the CDC coming out and saying they changed their guidance doesn't mean that you no longer legally have to wear your mask anywhere. Um, you know, that kind of like when the CDC came out and said you should be wearing a mask, that didn't mean everybody all of a sudden had to be wearing a mask. The same applies here. So you can't just roll in and say, CDC says I don't have to, mm. um, Overall, the private establishment, their rule trumps anything that um, and any of the other guidance or they get to determine how that guidance is enforced. Right. So continue following local and business guidance and what they would like to do. Right. Mm -hmm. So we've focused a lot about masks, but there was another whole other part of this guidance that came out, and that was regarding capacity restrictions. So what have we learned with capacity restrictions and changes there? You remember watching this press conference? It was confusing, right? Like it was very, uh, yes. <laughs> well, yeah. Imagine having to write up the update on that as yeah. it was happening. Yeah, it was because I, so I think a lot of people are continued to be confused about what exactly the rule is there. So the bottom line is that, um, 
capacity restrictions have been removed, but there's still a strong recommendation for social distancing. So, you know, in reminder, capacity restrictions have been removed for some time, um, you know, a couple, couple of weeks, weeks now. Yeah. yeah um, but they were saying that's not to say you can fully be at hundred percent because you still need to social distance. Now they're removing the requirement to social distance tables, but it's still strongly recommended. That's going to be across the board as well. And unfortunately that's going to be a type of thing where you're going to have to see we're going to walk into a place um i bopped into michael's on manchester just you know the edge of maplewood in st louis city monday afternoon um between appointments needed to grab a snack and it was packed in there i mean it was mm. it was like a full-on celebration of togetherness <laughs> there were people people everywhere kind of weird in a lot of ways um you know again i'm fully vaccinated but it wasn't something i was used to seeing in well over a year. Um, but they feel comfortable with that. Um, you know, but at Ferguson Brewing Company, they say we're going to drop the mask mandate, but we're going to go ahead and keep tables distanced apart for now and then move along. So, you know, it's, it's going to be something across the board that if you want to check on social media or call ahead, um, that might be a good idea. Otherwise you might have to just see what the situation is when you walk in the door. Yeah. It sounds like a lot of places are kind of easing back in and maybe that is, you know, removing the mask mandate, but still distancing tables. So kind of taking things baby step, but, you know, I just, I really want to get across to everybody, you know, bottom line here. And we've said this many times before, just don't be a jerk, right? right? Don't be a jerk, respect the restaurant's rights to require masks. And if they want to see your vaccination card, like you said, they have that right to do so. Uh, and then also just respect other people's desire to continue wearing masks. Um, a lot of us aren't quite comfortable yet just taking them off. We've had it ingrained in us for over a year now that we should be keeping them on to be safe. So just respect, respect each other. Um, and then if you are heading out, check social media, see what uh, the place you're going to is requiring, what they're doing, and then just make sure to bring a mask to wherever you go, just to be sure. All right. Well, thanks for uh, being part of that conversation. We just feel like there's a lot of things to talk about with that, but there are also other news happenings out in the world. So Dory, what do we got? Yeah. So speaking of pandemic era things that we've talked about wanting to stick around, cocktails to go, cocktails to go about uh, it's one signature away from becoming permanent in Missouri. So lawmakers passed a bill last day or last Friday it was the last day of the session. The session They were in a flurry of signing things. And one of the things that they approved was the cocktails to go bill. It legalizes drinks from bars, restaurants, distilleries, as long as they're sealed and in tamper proof containers and bought with food. <laughs> that bill is now heading to Parsons desk for his signature. I think he has until middle of July to sign it. Uh, and he has supported this measure in the past. So it's looking good. Cocktails to go. Does it have to be bought with food currently as it stands or is that, are they kind of making it a little stricter? Do you know off the top of your head? I'm, I, I think they're supposed to currently, oh, okay, um, fair. <laughs> whether or not that's really strictly enforced, I don't know, but this would set that precedent. Got it. Got it. Well, no comment on, uh, whether or not I've always bought food with a cocktail to go or where I bought a food cocktail to go, um, without food, but love it. Love seeing mm-hmm. the kind of passage is something that hopefully will help these restaurants as they continue to recover. Yes. Um, well, speaking of drinks on the go, we've got another beer garden coming our way. Rockwell is looking to open its second location and they're doing it as a beer garden concept. It'll Love be inside. This. I know it's so cool. I'm really excited about this. It's inside Francis park, which is in South city, right by my 
alumni, my high school, Bishop DeBerg, it's, I've <laughs> frequented that park many times. Um, they're planning on having a walk-up food counter, a concession stand, and an outdoor dining and gathering space. Now, the co-founder told us that he is obsessed with this idea of reinvigorating the beer garden culture in St. Louis, which I think was more prevalent maybe in like the 1800s, kind of the German uh, immigrants who made their way here, they really made that part of the city, but it's kind of gone away. Uh, but they're looking to bring that back here. And it won't just be like a beer garden place for 21 and up. It's inside a park. They're looking to make this a space for families and the whole community. And they're looking to open it this summer. So something coming soon to look forward to. I'm excited about that. And I think that it gives the opportunity to, you know, sometimes you go to the boathouse and you wind up just hanging out in Forest Park or you go to any of those places on Grand and you wind up hanging out at Tower Grove Park. I think something Mm -hmm. like that could really be good for the whole community. And I'm also very pro Rockwell. They're awesome. And I love they're, they create such great environments. So good mm-hmm. for them. I love it. So speaking of environments, this is another great vibey place that is getting some great recognition here on the national scene. Yeah, more recognition for Olive and Oak. So they just made it onto a Yelp list. The review website asked Yelpers to weigh in on their favorite restaurants, which Yelp turned into a list of the top 100 places to eat in 2021. And Olive and Oak made the cuts. They ranked number 50 right smack dab in the middle, but they're the only restaurant in Missouri to make the list. So that's a pretty high honor because that's, you know, a fan generated list and they made the cut. I love it. I still like Yelp reviews. I still like looking at people's Yelp reviews. Yeah, me too. Still use that. And I love a good list story. So give me, give me one more list story in our news this week, Dory. I don't know if you're going to love this one. Okay. (laughs) Fair warning here. This uh, sparked quite the spicy conversation in our KSDK Slack and email. Um, So this website called Chef's Pencil ranked the best barbecue cities. And this is the most bizarre ranking I have ever seen. So they said that they used TripAdvisor ratings of all barbecue joints in the nation's 75 largest cities. And then they ranked those cities based on their average rating. St. Louis made the top 10. Okay. Um, It ranked eighth. Okay. Not terrible. I thought maybe we could have hit top five, but here's where things get weird. So I'm going (laughs) to list for you the other cities that ranked higher than us. So coming in at number seven is Seattle. What? I know. Does not make any sense. What? (laughs) It gets weirder. All right. Number six is columbus ohio Hmm. okay i don't know anything about barbecue in columbus so i'm not gonna i don't know but i think that's why it's insane (laughs) because you don't know anything yeah that's true good point good point good point (laughs) um and then there's a three-way tie for third we've got charlotte north carolina which i could see you know carolina barbecue yeah i'm not gonna knock that then we've got virginia beach virginia Dory, we were we, there together we were, and I, when we were looking for restaurants to go where we wanted to eat. I don't think there was a single barbecue place on the list. No, no, there. <laughs> I Yes, there's probably not a single barbecue place in that town, but this Yelp <laughs> ranking has them up there. Okay. And then also tied for third is Wichita, Kansas. Um, okay. I'm at a loss here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, but we've got... <laughs> I'm so animated she's, about this. I just she's knocked so stressed. My microphone she just over. knocked her microphone down. <laughs> All right. So number two is Oklahoma City. What? Oklahoma I'm, City. I'm I know. So, what? 
Can we okay. just get this over with? Number yeah. one is New Orleans. <laughs> New Orleans? New Orleans? That's, That's not. No. Hmm. <laughs> Well, Dory, I'm going to, yeah, let's leave this behind us. I'm going to guess that that's not the best thing you had to eat this week. What is? All right. So we finally got to um, try Tempest. We've been wanting to give them a try for a couple months now. I've checked the website here and there. Uh, their menu changes a lot with the season. So I was just kind of waiting it out for something that really caught my eye. Um, so I finally did. So we ended up getting a few different things. We tried the little gem salad which is like a a caesar salad and it wasn't my favorite because it was very anchovy so if you're Uh, adverse to anchovies just kind of a warning there but if you love anchovies in your caesar salad um, definitely definitely go for that um and then for my entree i ended up getting the cauliflower which i almost never go for like a vegetarian entree um, but this one really piqued my interest because it had hazelnut in it. Um, but really the brown bismati, uh, it was just so creamy that it had. Um, it was like the star of the plate as far as I was concerned. But the cauliflower was really good too. Um, and Jason got the pork steak, which was the most tender pork steak I've ever had. It was so delicious. It had a really great polenta with it too that, oh, the whole plate was just amazing. I think he practically like licked his plate clean. Uh, and then the, they always give you these like smoked cookies too, which were really good just as a nice little thank you. So it was a great meal. Um, really happy. And I can't wait to try. I know they've got a really good, um, chicken sandwich. I think that I want to try there. Yes. I, I know I haven't gone around to it yet, but I need to add, like add that to my list of revisit and try that one. Love that. Mine was, um, speaking of seasonal, it's the time of year with where I want ice cream, um, just because it feels yeah. like you need ice cream. I know a couple of weeks ago, I mentioned going to Ted Drew's for the first time this season. Um, I've been wanting to try and I just never had the chance to try the Thai ice cream rolls, you know, where they take the ice cream and they like flatten yes. it and then roll it up. And it looks like a little, little roll of paper towels, but it's yes. ice cream. I tried that for the first time and it's interesting because I wasn't sure how that texture was going to like impact it. It doesn't really, it just kind of makes it fun to eat. Um, so you're like, you're eating little columns of ice cream. So I went to snow factory on the Del Mar loop. I ordered the, um, the name is kind of funny. It's called the black humor. Um, <laughs> it has brownie Oreo chocolate syrup and vanilla. And I had a little like extra chocolate put on top and the little pockies, the little Japanese, um, like cookies dipped in chocolate, just like for funsies. Oh, it was you were fun. speaking my language here. Yes, all the chocolate. It was so, it was so good. I would definitely recommend it. If you're just like, I want to go out for ice cream, but I want something different. And it looks cool on Instagram too. Um, mm-hmm. I think I took a picture of it. Um, I better have taken a picture of it, but it'll look, it, if you, if you need something to do it for the gram go for it um snow factory on the loop okay so that is something you can do in addition to some of our other weekend planner festivities we put together for you it is the weekend of may 21st 22nd and 23rd holy moly we are rolling Mm -hmm. hot into the summertime and just as a reminder we do have a couple events that are continuing to happen that are just so good we want to keep reminding you of them including the central west end streeteries on friday and saturday Great opportunity to get out there um, and enjoy the outdoors, as well as at Eckert's, where their Strawberry Festival is continuing Saturday and Sunday as well. If you want to go, go strawberry picking and um, make something fantastic in summary, I am in full support of that. 
And I think it's going to feel like summer this weekend too, like maybe 90 degrees. Oh my gosh. gosh. I don't know. I don't know if I'm ready for it. (laughs) Uh, All right. Well, if you're looking to get out, so Saturday, we've got a fun event at Piazza Emos. This is the first event in the Hill Neighborhood Association's inaugural four seasons concert series. So they're doing this in that brand new little a courtyard area that they have here have there called Piazza Emos. It makes you feel like you're in Italy, essentially. Uh, this week's theme is Broadway favorites. Um, and you can get some food and drinks, wander around the Hill neighborhood, can't go wrong there, um, and then settle in for the concert. So I do want to let everybody know that tickets are required for this. So, uh, and I think there's seats that you can pick out too. It's not just kind of a, a lawn situation. It's like an actual concert with seats in the middle of that plaza gotta love going out and seeing music um and if you want to get your dance on even though it's going to be a hot one what's better for a hot and sweaty night than wearing you know like a gown or maybe a rented tuxedo or hanging out with a bunch of people that you you know getting them all together and (laughs) taking awkward pictures of course i'm talking about prom and you have the opportunity Mm -hmm. to, to do that for the adult prom night at nine mile garden on saturday you can grab your click enjoy the food trucks drinks which i was not allowed to have at my prom um so <laughs> not like i would have wanted to um but they'll have live music from the provels and dead dead as disco so awesome music choices there they'll have a raffle a photo booth again dancing tickets are required um, but they'll include anything from drinks to limo rides so just hop on nine mile garden social media and get in on that because that's going to be a fun quirky event something that they're going to be known for i think even more moving forward yeah that sounds really fun did you go to prom dory i did yeah with my high school boyfriend yeah oh same same mm-hmm. well i'm not bringing him to nine mile garden though. <laughs> Ooh la la. Abby Eats St. Louis is a Five on Your Side production. I'm Abby Larico. And I'm Dory Olmos. Please be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you never miss an episode. Leave us a rating and a review. Thanks so much to our colleagues, Sarah Maki and Sam Clancy, for their reporting that helped contribute to this episode. Oh, and Rennie Knott. He he did some reporting on this, too. So thanks to everybody, all of our friends. Let us know your thoughts on Instagram. We're at Abby Eats St. Louis. Have a great weekend. Hydrate, because it's going to be a hot one. And seize the plate.